Hi everyone, it's Sam Hyman, and this is episode two of the Behind a Bulldog podcast. The Behind the Bulldog podcast is a podcast designed for us to hear stories from our administrators, coaches, and student-athletes. It's also a chance to get to know them on a deeper level. This podcast is distributed across Anchor, Spotify, and the Wingate Bulldogs YouTube channel. Today's guest is Wingate football offensive lineman Andrew Strickland. Andrew is pursuing a graduate degree at Wingate and was recently nominated for the prestigious William V. Campbell Trophy Award. In this episode, Andrew reflects on his experiences as a student athlete thus far, how he's dealt with 2020, and his reaction to the sack postponing fall sports. It is time. Let's go behind the Bulldog. Episode 2 with Andrew Strickland. All right, everybody, we are back. We are taping episode number two. We're going behind a bulldog this time with Wingate football stud on the O-line. It's Andrew Strickland. Andrew, it's it's a pleasure to have you on for episode two. Thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're taping episode two on this Tuesday, August 25th. And uh, yesterday, Andrew, was the first day of classes, and it, and it feels – so weird to even say, but it is the reality that classes began online. And so uh, as someone that is in grad school now, I mean, I know that you were planning on, on obviously taking courses online anyways, but still to have gone four years at Wingate and, and see a lot of your friends go online from the start, what, what was going through your head? Um, it's different. It's, it's strange. I was actually lucky. So I went to class in person yesterday. Um, I'm in the master of accounting program. So I guess our numbers are small enough and the room is big enough to where we're allowed and we're in Ballantyne. We're not having classes actually at Wingate. And so we were allowed to have class. They do it hybrid. So um, you can go in person or you can be on Zoom. So we had a couple people there um on zoom but there was probably six of us in the classroom so it was it was nice to feel some sense of normalcy being in a real class in front of a teacher um we still have to wear masks and all that but right other than that it was nice to feel um to be back in the classroom interesting so i i, I was not aware i guess that there are some grad programs that that are doing this hybrid model so were you sitting like what was the dynamic of the classroom you you had a mask on and you were sitting how far apart, I assume six feet apart, and, and it was right, it must yeah. have been weird. Yeah, it was different. Um, we were we were spaced out around the classroom, and they have um, they have like two person desks, and so one space at each desk has um, they have the little bulldog sticker like where the bulldog wears the mask, and it's like this station is closed, and then when you walk in, they have uh, like sanitizing wipes, and you pick one up and take it to your desk and wipe your desk down in case anybody was there before you. And then when you leave, you wipe it down again before you leave. Um, yeah, it's a little weird. It's like you can't – there's no eating or drinking in class, um, really. We get – but since it's three, it's from 6 to 8.45 p.m., mm -hmm. so typically we work for a little while and then we get a break. So it's not as bad as it could be. But um, with 6 to 8.45, it's like dinner time. So it's, uh, it's a struggle, but it was um, – it wasn't bad. It was really nice, actually, to be, like, in front of a teacher and be able to communicate. 
Yeah. So, so you're just taking that one class and that's going to be in person for the foreseeable future? Or do you have the option to, to stay at home and, and take it online if you want to? Yeah. So right now it's just up to you. Um, it, you can go, like I could go, I could have gone yesterday and then next week, you know, uh, I could do it online. Mm-hmm. It's really just like at your discretion. Um, but especially since it was like the first week I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have four classes and one day a week, I just go to one class. So it's Monday through Thursday every night. Um, and it's up to the teachers as well. So like yesterday I had class in person tonight, I'll go back again. And then Wednesday and Thursday, the teacher has decided we're going to do it virtually. Um, so I'm only going there two days a week this time. And maybe that teacher, maybe they can, I mean, they could say we'll meet in person next week or if the zoom meetings go well, they'll proceed with that. So it's really, um, they're being really good about, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with and, um, making it easy, especially like, um, if you happen to, you know, come in contact with somebody, um, and you have to self quarantine and get tested or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still able, like, you're not just missing classes. They're not requiring you to be there. So. And Wild you times. Felt, yeah. Yeah. And you, you felt comfortable going in person to the class, given, given all the, the health and safety protocols that were in place, it seemed like it was a pretty comfortable environment. Yeah, they have a, but yeah, they, they do, they did a really good job. And so I, I felt good about going and I, I especially, I thought it was important. Like it felt really good to be in a classroom with other students that, are studying what I'm studying and the professor that he taught at undergrad as well. And so seeing him again, someone I've known for four years and it was nice. They're even doing things like um, right now we're the only uh, school of business in the building, but like okay. the MBA does, uh, does classes there and other uh, programs do classes there. And so they're doing this thing where like um, there's a front exit and a back exit. So like when you get out, when you come in through the front and then when you get out of class, they're asking you to go out the back exit through the back door so that we're not like coming in contact and passing each other. Nice. So stuff like that. So they, they're doing a really good job of, of handling it and making sure that, you know, if you feel comfortable uh, coming, to, that that's, that's a possibility. Great to hear that. I want to uh, transition to the, the biggest icebreaker question. That's quite simply – how would you describe yourself? Who is Andrew Strickland? Um, uh, a student athlete at, at heart. Um, it's all I've done all my life. Uh, growing up, going to school, I played uh, basketball, baseball, football when I was a kid. I played baseball all the way through high school, um, and I'm still playing football. It's, it's what I've done since I was a kid. It's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely getting a little scary uh, coming up on, on the end of a career, um, you know, like doing, doing job interviews and, and mm-hmm. talking to, to companies. It's, it's getting a little more real that it's going to come to an end. And it hasn't hit me yet, but uh, it will. And it'll be tough. But, yeah, just um, that's probably the best thing, a, a student athlete, someone who loves sports. Um, yeah. That's I the mean, yeah, and – I, I hear you say it's all you've ever known is is to be a, a student athlete and your your hard work and your dedication you, you've poured your heart and soul into uh, the aspect of of being a student being an athlete and being successful in both of those areas but I have to ask what was your initial reaction 
when you found out the, the South Atlantic Conference was postponing fall sports to the spring? Um, at first, when I like realized it was a possibility, like I guess when we got sent home last semester, it was like, all right, like this, like this sucks, but like we've got months until like next year, like there's no way it'll affect us. Like I made plans, signed a lease to come down here in June, work out in the summer, like get ready. Uh-huh. Um, and then as that realization started, started creeping in a little more, it was tough, but the closer, like when they made the decision, I think that I was happy they did because pretty much what we had heard from coaches and, you know, uh, people around the league, NCAA announcements is that like, if the, if we tried to get this done in the fall, that we, it wasn't going to go through smooth like it wasn't going to go through without a hitch like something was going to happen so like stay on your toes be ready and especially since like I, I kind of get one more shot at this I didn't want it like I didn't want to play like five games you know uh, three teams have someone test positive they all played games it spreads they shut it down and like that's it so yeah I think that I was relieved um, especially the first announcement they made is that they were when they were canceling um, like out of conference games and playoffs and like a national championship at that point, I was like, yeah, like, um, I guess when I first got here, like since, since we've been on the upswing, like it was always to win the conference championship and that's always something we've wanted to do. But I think that we've built something that like all all the guys eyes are pretty much shut on on going for a national championship. And so when that got canceled, uh, I think a lot of us were pretty uninterested. Um, and so now, I know that Division I NCAA announced that no matter how many games fall athletes play in the spring, that they'll get a year of eligibility back. I don't think D2 has announced it yet, but we're hopeful that they will. And if they do, um, we'll see what the spring schedule looks like. We don't really know yet. But once that news comes out, they'll probably set one. And then um, hopefully by next fall, we, we're done with this and, um, and we can crank it up and take a shot at it. Yeah, and I think you, you brought up the the fact that not being able to compete for a national championship, right? Like that's that's something that this program has – they've put themselves in this position. Coach Reich, the, the entire staff, the players. I mean, over the last couple of years, you guys are, are not only making the playoffs, but you're winning playoff games, right? Like you're putting yourselves in a position to be very close to – to, to reaching a national championship appearance. And so for it to just be conference games, like how, if, if we were, if things were to, to work itself out in the spring and, and I know there's not a, a finite plan yet, but how, how challenging would it be to not have that, that possibility of playing for a national championship Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot smarter people than me working on this that know a lot more than me. Obviously, that's something that that we all want to do. We all want to play for a national championship. And and for the last four years, um, from Coach Reich on down through his coaches and and through the whole staff and the players, that we built a culture where that's kind of the goal that we set for ourselves. Um, So it would be disappointing. But, I mean, I think I I speak for, for all the guys when we say, um, we trust Coach Reich to do what's best for us, and um, and, and we'd run run through a brick wall for that man. So if he if he yeah. tells us that we're going to strap it up and play, 
that's what we're going to do. Without a doubt. Five, 10, 20 years from now, Andrew, when you think about the year 2020, right? I mean, you have to, t- you have to take a couple minutes to even process just everything that's gone down in 2020. What, what will you remember about 2020 and what have you learned about yourself during 2020 to this point? Um, wow. Um, it, it was different. It was hard. Um, a lot harder on probably a lot more people than me, but I'll just, I'll definitely remember, um, I guess the night before they sent us, sent us off campus, just like hanging out with the guys. And it was just like, we didn't really have, like at that point, especially me, I was like, you know, like we're going to go home for a little bit and then like, dude, they'll get it under control and we'll be back like before the semester ends. Like I didn't really have a grasp about like what was really happening. And of course at first, like selfishly as you know, it's like, I, I get to go home. Like I get to see my family. Um, don't have to wake up early for class. Like I can work out whenever I want to. Like I, I just had shoulder surgery. And so it was like, I don't have to like, I can rehab that. Like I can focus on me for now. And, um, and then just like, as news kept coming out, it was just like, wow, like what we're going through. And I think in five, at least, I mean, for sure five, but I mean, maybe 10, 20 years down the line, like, I think that this is going to change the precedent for how people around the world like respond to stuff like it'll be a lot more dramatic and I think that like the effects for this will last a long long time like the first time I guess like when it's acceptable to to walk around in public or go to the grocery store without a mask like there's still going to be people that like don't don't agree and so yeah I mean hopefully you know the effects of this don't last that long but I think that I'll just look back um thankful that we got through it, but, um, and just learn the lessons. What I've learned about myself, um, I rely on sports to, to keep me busy. Um, the amount of free time I've had on my hands is unhealthy and it's been, I mean, it's been awful. I mean, you just struggling to work out like gyms closed. We, we were doing makeshift stuff with, I mean, lifting weird stuff, like just doing whatever we can and how much I've relied on sports, to like keep me busy and keep me happy. So I had to find other stuff to do. Yeah. I watched everything that's on Netflix, but that gets boring. And it's just like, um, and you can't like, I mean, you can, as long as, you know, you, you and the people that, that if you were to hang out with people that everybody's being safe, like it's okay, but you can't like, go with a couple guys out to eat or like, you know, go watch, there weren't sports. So you couldn't go watch a game at a restaurant. Like there was nothing to do. So I had to find other ways to entertain myself. One of the things that I I've realized is personally, the set schedule is like not having things scheduled at exact times so that, you know, okay, I've got to plan around this meeting at 10 o'clock. I've got to plan around practice at, 1 p.m. You, you you referenced it and that is there's there's things that you can take care of but it's on your own time right like it's mm-hmm. not you don't have to do it at, at nine o'clock I mean is that part of what the the challenge was this summer for you is was finding that routine and, and what was it like trying to 
to basically develop one that was unlike any other you've you've ever had to develop. Right. So it's it was weird, like uh, still trying to work out and get working, and it's like I don't like I'm not going to get in trouble if I'm not at the weight room by 9 a.m. Which I mean, like when we go home for the summer, like you're still on your own, but it's like now I don't have a gym. Like I really have to, like I'm I'm really having to get creative with what I do, and it's difficult, like trying to find stuff to do, and it's tedious. Um, there's the only so creative, much. What's the most creative thing you 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 did, weight wise? Um, I filled a duffel bag with like random stuff to make it heavy so that I could row it. Like I put like some weights I had in there and like uh, books and stuff like that and put it in a duffel bag so I could carry it around. Um, that's probably the most creative I've got. We like, uh, we wrapped bands around like pipes and stuff, but I think like throwing random stuff in a duffel bag and just picking it up was probably the most creative I got. That is, yeah, that's pretty uh, unique. I've actually seen some people cut down a tree and use the use a portion of the, the trunk as weights to put on a, a barbell. Yeah, there's definitely like I've seen stuff like that on like Twitter, and it's, I mean, there there's some people that have got creative. Um, yeah. So that that was cool to see, but it I think that. Um, especially like the coaches did a good job keeping up with us. And um, I mean, even before the pandemic, something Coach Reich always pre preached to us was like, you're not going to like want to every day. Like it was easy to wake up and be like, I'm going to work out at 10. Just like, oh, like I'm kind of tired. Like I don't feel like I'll just wait till later. And it was like, you're not always going to like feel like it. Like you're not always going to have those high energy days where you're pumped up to work out. Yeah. But like, that's the difference. Like that's what, um separates you from other people is on those days like you still put the work in right exactly Andrew what message do you have to your fellow teammates and and your coaches right now during this time and and about how important it is to to a follow the that the health and safety protocols but but b just maintain a a mindset that keeps you going that keeps you driven because obviously you know, your squad and others on, on this campus, fall sports are, are not able to play against other teams. And, and that's, that stinks. So what's your message to, to the folks? Right. I mean, I think first and foremost, just, uh, just, you know, keep working on your own and doing what you can, but just stay positive, stay hopeful. Um, we keep getting more news every day and, um, you know, it's looking like we've, um, hopefully gotten over the hump and maybe we're starting um, starting to go back down the other side. So just, you know, stay, stay positive, stay hopeful. Um, you know, don't, it's hard if, you know, if it's beating you up bad, talk to anybody, you can talk to me, anybody, not even my team. Um, Cause I, I, we've all felt it during this time. Um, it, it's been awful, but, you know, just stay hopeful. I think we're getting close um, to at least being able to, to get together and, and do some workouts and do stuff. So I think that'll be a big deal and, and getting to see each other again. Um, so just, you know, try and stay positive and stay hopeful. Um, and just, you know, and wear that mask. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Let's jump into a little bit of your career, both athletically and academically. And, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on for episode two, the, the timing worked out, is that 
we are nominating you for the William V. Campbell Trophy, which honors the best football scholar athlete in the nation for his combined academic success, football performance, and exemplary leadership. So when you when you found out that you're being nominated, and last year Connor Baron Eunice was a, a semifinalist, one of your, your fellow guys in the trenches on the O-line, when you found out you were going to be nominated for this William V. Campbell Trophy Award, what went through your head? Um, I mean, I was blessed. I was super excited. Um, you know, it's an awesome opportunity. I texted Connor right away. I mean, that's – we lived together for three years. That's that's my best friend. Um, so it was awesome. Um, you know, get, getting to do something that, that we can say that, that we were both a part of. Um, and I was just super excited to be able to, you know, represent Wingate in, in another way. The 2019 season was a special one for your team. I mean, to, to do what you did with the 10 wins, most wins in a season in school history, and then uh, just some individual accolades for yourself I'd like to list off. You started every game at right tackle. You're, you were a second-team academic All-American Second team AFCA All-American and one of only three Division II football players to earn both of those uh, honors that I just mentioned. What, uh, what do you attribute the success first? Let's talk athletically. What do you attribute the success, the success athletically the most to? Um, my coaches and my teammates. Um... My coaches are some of the smartest in the country. Coach Kazai works every day to be his best and, and pushes me every day to be my best. Um, you know, and it's really good to have a really good relationship with him because, I mean, it's college football. Like, they've got to get on you. And when you're doing something wrong, they have to let you know. And, and you have to be tough. And you, and you can't take it personal. And I know at the end of the day, like, if he's yelling at me, like, if I've messed up, if we get into an argument about something, we disagree on a topic, like regardless, he's trying to make me better and it's because he loves me. And so he's always pushed me and put me in the best position to be, pushes me to work hard. My teammates push me to work hard every day. We push each other, we compete. Um, we always try to be better than one another. And especially at a position at O-line, um, I mean, it's my name's on the accolade, but it, it really is kind of an honor for all five of us because if those four guys weren't doing like if I'm the only guy doing my job and those guys aren't doing their jobs we all look awful and so if those four guys weren't doing just as good as I'm doing then then none of us look good and so you know those four guys have worked hard and we work together um and those, those are my guys and um you know we we put in the work together and um you know it's great that that I that they honored me and that, that my name's on it but but those four guys definitely need need some recognition. They did a great job. Do you have a favorite Coach Kazaya moment in the trenches where he, he may have uh, got gotten on you and, and and you felt like you had to you had to perform whether it was in practice or in a game in any specific moment? Favorite? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he he's a funny guy. Um, I think that just like. Um, what game were we playing this year? It was at home. It might have been limestone. We definitely didn't go there this year. So it might have been then we were at home and I wasn't playing great. And um I think that was one of the turning points. It was kind of early in the season, but that was a turning point for me. Um I had come off the knee surgery and we had played 
um, some all right teams and we had played Carson Newman already and we had won and I had played pretty good in that game. And this was the first time that I was like, I was kind of underperforming and you could kind of like tell, like I was, um, cause I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm definitely not, definitely not perfect just from my body language. Like I wasn't playing great and I was letting it be shown. And he just, he was, he was like, Hey, like, um, he kind of pulled me aside and was like, look, like we, we both know, but like you, you've got to lead these guys and, and you can't like, you can't be looking like that. And so, um, you know, that I'm, I'm thankful to say, I think that's the last time that I kind of let something like that show on the field through my body language. Um, but that was a learning lesson for me um, and something he pointed out. And so, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I think that it made me a better player. That's awesome. How about on the academic side? Because you, you referenced student athlete that, I mean, that's the, that's what you've known for, for quite some time is that, is that phrase, what's your favorite academic story from Wingate, Andrew? Hmm. Um, probably it's kind of nerdy, probably intermediate accounting. Um, it was like probably the first hard accounting course we took, like the first two intro ones, a lot of business people take, um, and they're pretty like overview and like not super difficult, but intermediate accounting is the first one where you're like digging into like deep real accounting stuff. And it was pretty difficult. Um, and I was kind of like on the fringe of like an A or a B. Um, and we had the final exam and it was like, it was crazy long and it was supposed to be really hard. And I studied really hard and I got like something like, like a 96 or something on, I got A in the class. So that's probably one of my proudest moments. Um, so that was really cool. But other than that, like doing a year long research project with Dr. Crawford and, and Dr. Stowe, um, we're supposed to, we were supposed to be able to present it at like the symposium, which was last spring, which we didn't get around to. So we did it virtually, but, um, that was really cool. Just, um, that was probably the first time in a non-academic or like physical way that I've put in like a long amount, like a year long work and watch it like accumulate and then be able to like articulate the work that I've done and, and show it on a stage and like a presentation. So that was really cool. That's, that's terrific. That is, that is really cool. One of the, the other things I, I wanted to touch on briefly before we get into our uh, five rapid fire questions and then my final question to, to round out episode two, the five rapid fire questions, they're, they're coming soon. And I, I've called them the bulldog blitz uh, appropriate okay. as uh, because you are on the football team. But uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on, Andrew, was the, the Special Olympics field day. It's one thing that I haven't really gotten a chance to ask a lot of you guys. On the inside, when, when you participate in the, the annual Special Olympics field day, which obviously won't be able to, to transpire this semester, is that's I assume that that's the case, correct? There has has there been a plan as far as how to? Yeah, we haven't we haven't heard anything about it, and I imagine like, um, I mean, we can't really get together as a team and work out right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I imagine that we're not doing it, which which sucks. Hopefully, we can make it up in the spring or, or do something about it if right. you know if we if we can get together and beat this thing. But as of right now, yeah, we haven't heard anything about it. Gotcha. And, and this has been going on for, for years, the, the Special Olympics field day. What is it like to be a part of that day? Take us, take us inside what it's like to be a part of that day. Man, it's, it's extremely rewarding and, and it's, it's incredible to see, um, you know, how, how blessed we are. Um, 
especially for the young guys. Like you think about, um, you know, going to to a Division two school like it's smaller and like you wouldn't expect um, people to love you like people love big SEC schools or look up to you. But um, I mean, that's exactly what the, these guys and girls that, that come do. I mean, they love Wingate football. Um, we take them through the locker room. They want to put the helmets on. They want to put the jerseys on, do the whole nine yards. I mean, that they are they are some of the that is their favorite day. I mean, they love doing that stuff. Um, and everybody's different, and it's cool getting to meet some of them. Some of them are are real energetic. Uh, some of them, you know, they just want to do their thing. Um, some of them just like sitting off to the side and watching. So it, it's really cool to be able to interact um, and just see the joy that these that these people get out of out of going through that that Special Olympics day. I mean, it, it's incredible. Seeing the the videos, the, the photos, it, it really uh, puts it puts it all into just. I mean, it's hard to, hard to describe, but it puts it all together and and really showcases what you all do. So I, I love that Wingate football does that, and I. Uh, it's unfortunate this year, obviously, given the circumstances, but hopefully that is that is sorted out at some point during the spring. Yeah. It's All awesome. Right. Uh, oh, sorry. No, it's no, awesome to see, like, the ahead. coaches, too. Yeah. Um, we rarely see them in, like, a non-coach um, environment where they're, like, as coach, they're always serious and they're always, um, you know, locked in and, and doing their thing. But it's nice to see them to be able to, you know, lighten up yeah um and and they get foolish too and, and they they run around and do crazy stuff just like we do yeah. so it's really nice to be able to see them like uh in a different light like you know being able to because it's hard when they're always serious and they're always and you know like we have our teammates you know bust each other's cases and make jokes and but they're always kind of on the serious end so it's really nice to be able to see them lighten up and they they enjoy the day just as much as anybody yeah yeah it's great all right, well, we'll transition now to our Bulldog Blitz, our Bulldog Blitz. Andrew, you ready to, to dive into this? Five rapid-fire questions. I'm ready. All right, the first one is, who is your favorite offensive lineman in the NFL? Quinn Nelson. That's a, that's a good answer. You can bring one snack to a deserted island. What snack are you bringing? Ooh. Ooh, goldfish. All right. Classic. Love goldfish. Which offensive lineman at Wingate taught you the most? Um, played with or just, like, talked to wherever? In, in general. Matthew Gibson. He graduated the year before I got there, but he came back and GA'd with us for two years. Um, he went up and, and did some training camps with the Jets and the Broncos um, and played in the CFL for a while and then came back and helped us. And um, he was incredibly smart and helpful. He was, um, I mean, he was great. He was awesome. All right. Fourth question in our Bulldog Blitz. Best Wingate football moment? Oh, uh, winning the sack in 2017. Um, watching the time tick off the clock. Hugging my family on the field and watching the fireworks shoot up over the field house. That's uh, it's something that I'll never forget. Can't, can't beat that. And uh, we're diving into the books for our fifth and final Bulldog Blitz question. What's the best book you've ever read, Andrew? Harry Potter, for sure. <laughs> read those as a kid. Those are, those are incredible books. Probably they're better than the movies, probably. For, okay, okay. 
Well, you uh, you made it. You made it through the Bulldog Blitz. No, no the quarterback Shaw Crocker, who didn't get sacked. Hey, I, well, you know, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> all right, all right, Andrew. Our final question uh, for you, just to kind of summarize you as as a person, what is the difference between incoming freshman Andrew and the Andrew Strickland that I'm talking to right now? Um, lots of knowledge and um, work ethic. Um, you know, when I came in, especially, I mean, even throughout high school, like a lot of kids in high school, uh, I mean, like you work out and you work hard, but I mean, like the kids that make it to the next level and that shine in high school, like it's a lot of talent. Um, like talent carries you a lot. And, um, you know, when you show up at a place like this, especially in high school, like, you know, if, if you only play varsity your junior and senior year, you're playing against, you know, you're 17 or 16 and you're playing against 17, eight year olds. So it's not that different. But when, when you show up as a freshman and a big max playing D line here and he's 23 and I'm eight, I just turned 18. Like it's, it's a whole different animal. And, um, so just learning how to adapt and and working hard. I mean, it takes it takes an incredible amount of hard work. Um, and coming in, I probably did not have a great work ethic, but I've definitely developed one since being here, um, thanks to my coaches and my teammates. Yeah. And um, and just learn learn the art of working hard, and and that'll take you a long way. And so I think that it's something that'll pay dividends for me, even after I'm done playing football, because. Um, you know, that's just ingrained in me now, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing somebody's taxes as an accountant or whatever. I mean, hard work will take you wherever you want to go. No doubt. One last thing just popped into my head and one dog, the, the phrase one dog, the hashtag one dog. What, what does that phrase mean to you? Like, what do you think about when you hear that one dog? Um, just a loss of individuality. Um, there isn't an individual on on our team. We're, we're all one one large entity, you know, that work for each other and love each other. And and Coach uh, Reich loves to say, you know, one dog, three sixty five. Like this isn't a you're not you're not part of one dog just when you're here, um, when you're on campus, um, only when we're in season. Like that's not when, you know, it's every day. It's when you're when you're halfway through winter break. And it's three days before Christmas, um, you know, like all, you, you still got to work like the, it's not over. Like this isn't a, this isn't a 180 day thing. This isn't only the days you have class. This isn't only the days that we make you come work out. This is, this is a 365 day commitment. And yeah. so um, he, he's really ingrained that into us. And so that's great. And that is me work out every day, which he, <laughs> he likes to point out. Um, you know, like they're scheduled off days and like, you know, Zach down in the weight room and before him, Coach Hayes, they, they do a great job of getting us programs, um, you know, and making sure that we're not at risk of hurting anything, but, um, you know, making sure that we're going to be prepared and, and the best that we can be. I, I love it. And I love the first couple of words that you said in response to the one dog is that loss of individuality. I mean, it, it, it really is about coming together. So Andrew, thank you for, for your time. Thanks for, for joining me on episode two of Behind a Bulldog. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we, we hear some good news about uh, your nomination with the William V. Campbell Trophy Award. And we can only hope for the best with uh, 
you know, the virus, hopefully it, it uh, dissolves, disintegrates, and, and there is a, a season in the spring. But until now, we'll, we'll keep doing our part, man. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, that was fun. Thank you to Andrew Strickland for his time, and thanks to you, the listener, for soaking this in all the way through. We will be releasing an episode each week of Behind a Bulldog every Thursday. I can't wait for next week. Until now, stay safe, Bulldog Nation. We'll talk soon.